Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 523 of The Riverfront Reds Show. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. This is the show, of course, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds, uh, and occasionally, Calvin Pickering. Again, I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, the podfather, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? Doing great. Doing great. Spring is coming. Spring training has started. It is upon us. It's an exciting time of year. Certainly as an exciting a spring training as we've had in Cincinnati in many, many years, I would think, coming off last year's excitement. We'll get into pitchers and catchers and all that. But uh, uh, before we go any further, I ask, please head over to YouTube uh, or your favorite podcast app. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Whatever whatever that requires. Um, and, you know, we always say, this, show, and I, we mean it, the show wouldn't be possible without the support of our Patreon family. So patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy or click the link in the show notes. Some sad news this week, Bill, and I want to uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because Don Gullett, uh, legendary Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame pitcher on three World Series teams, two in Cincinnati. Um, four, well, three, three with the Reds. Two with the Reds. Well, th- three World Series teams won four World Championships in a row. Ah, that's right. That's right. So uh, Don Gullett, and of course, Don Gullett was uh, a hero of the of the Big Red Machine, certainly an exciting young player and whose career didn't quite turn out like uh, many have predicted. But I, I know him mostly as the guy who in the mid-90s was the Reds pitching coach and had a run there for a while where it looked like he was uh, creating some magic with pitchers. Um, I don't know how much that was him or what, but that's how I mostly got to know him as the pitching coach, plus this sort of kind of legendary figure. Uh, as a, as a kid, just just starting out uh, in the big leagues, um, what what are your thoughts about Don Gullett, his legacy in Cincinnati, and, and what might have been? I think uh, the, the 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 thing the first thing that grabbed my attention was Johnny Bench put a tweet out today or yesterday and said that Gullett was the best athlete and competitor that he ever saw. That's pretty high. That's a pretty high standard there. If Johnny Bench is calling you the best athlete he ever played with or ever saw. Um, he was a fairly local kid. He was from, you know, Northeast Ohio. Uh, I mean, Kentucky, Lynn, Kentucky, big three, three sport athlete. At one point he scored 50 points in a high school basketball game Threw a perfect game in baseball where he struck out 20 out of 21. I, I imagine that other guy had a heck of a bragging rights, a guy that he actually got to hit the ball off of. Right, right, right. You know, there's the famous story that they always tell about Gullup where he scored 72 points in a high school football game. And, and I, I, heard, I read another story later today about Bench saying in, in that game that Gullett scored 11 touchdowns and kicked six extra points. He said, so they gave him crap about the five extra points he missed. <laughs> I love it. His senior year, he was all state in three sports, which I've never heard of anybody doing. Um, drafted ninth, or 14th overall in the first round in the 69 draft by the Reds. Played in Sioux Falls. And the next year, he made the big club. From rookie ball to the big club. How old was he? His rookie 19, year. He was nineteen when he when he was on the when he, he debuted he did with the Reds on, on the nineteen seventy team. And he, uh, he he was in forty four games that year, forty two in relief, went five and two with a two point four three ERA. Uh, started one of the World Series or no in the World Series he he threw six and two thirds of innings, and gave up one earned run against the Orioles, and they had a they had a pretty good lineup. Uh, the Robinsons, uh, Boot Powell, uh, you know, um, 72 was the only year in his career he had a losing record and he had, had but that was the year he had hepatitis and, and he was, he was, you know, off his game the whole year. Um, 75, he ended up, he went 15 and four for the Reds with a 2.42 ERA and he only, but he only started 22 games. I mean, it, it's 75 and 76, but both times he had numbers that looked like they were heading him towards maybe a Cy Young, and he had injury problems. One of them, and I can't remember which year, years. One year he broke his thumb. He got hit with a comebacker and broke his thumb, his thumb on his pitching hand. And the other, the other year in 76, he went 11 and three with a three ERA and had. But he, again, he only started 20 games. Uh, but, but, and Johnny Bench said in an interview I read today that he was a, he was a, he was a big game money pitcher. And he he always started the first game, of you know, a, a big series for him. Um, after like like we said earlier, after the '76 series or World Series, he went to the um, 
Yankees as a free agent. He was really the first guy. He was in that first big free agent class. Yep. Six. Uh, 78, he hurt his shoulder, and he never pitched again. Uh, twice he led the league in winning percentage. His career record with the Reds was 91 and 44 with a 303 ERA and an ERA plus of 114. And from 1990 to 2005, he was a, he was in some way a pitching coach in the Reds organization. And the last 13 years was either as the bullpen coach or the pitching coach for the big club. Um, the other thing Johnny Bench stressed in, in the interview that I, I read with him today was that, that he was a very quiet guy. You couldn't get him to talk about himself or anything like that. Um, and Bench just said he, he cried like a baby when he heard he died yesterday. Yeah. You know, and rest in peace, uh, Don Gullett, really. A Reds Hall of Famer, as we said. The, the, the guy that I, in my mind I've kind of always compared Gullett to, and this is going to be a strange comparison when you first hear it, but, but hear me out. But it's Eric Davis. And here's, you know, uh, Eric Davis, early in his career compared to Willie Mays, all the talent in the world, should have been a Hall of Famer and would have been if it hadn't been for injuries. And so that, that, that's where the comparison comes. In early in 1970, sports writers were comparing uh, Don Gullett to Sandy Koufax. Right. I, yeah. Right. I mean, as a kid, being compared to Sandy Koufax and then, and then delivering on it for 19 years. 19 years old. Yeah, 19 years old. That's a big weight to put on someone's uh, shoulders, but uh, that ta- that shows you the type of talent we're talking about. We're talking elite talent, not a guy who uh, you know um, was was an ordinary good pitcher. He was he was elite for yeah, a little while. He, he just, really was. Um, and I, when when I read when I heard this yesterday, I sent you a text, and and I said, "Isn't he isn't he the last Reds teenager?" Last one I can him. remember. I, yeah, he's the last one I can remember also. Yeah, I mean, uh, 1974, uh, Sparky Anderson. Talking about Johnny Bench and Dongle. It's the only Hall of Fame battery active in baseball today. Um, barring an injury, here's what Sparky said. Barring an injury, Gullet is almost sure of making the Hall of Fame. With his body and the way he stays in shape, I know he's going to pitch until he's at least 35. So doing that, you know he's going to win at least 250 games with the start he has. Uh, so, I mean, um, the one caveat that Sparky had there, barring injury, ultimately was what uh, what the downfall was. But- it was a shoulder and rotator and, and- – you know, now he'd be pitching again and, you know, maybe, you know, eight months or a year later. And back then it was just, you know, it was a death knell to your career. It was. And, but, you know, what we hear a lot with Gary Nolan's another young guy around that time who uh, injury, uh, you know, derailed his career. And in my mind, I'd always thought with Gullet that it was overuse like every other pitcher in that day and age. But I don't think that's what it was. No. If you look, he didn't throw some crazy amount of innings. He threw 243 innings one year. That's the most he, he, he ever threw. Only three times in his career, more than 200 innings. Um, I think just, uh, like like you said, it's, it's the luck of the draw injuries, but also the time that he played. You know, you're right. If it were today, he, he would pitch till he's 35, 38. Yep. Almost certainly. Yeah, so. he, 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 he's the Joe, he, he was a Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, he just the injuries that he's had, they, they were never repetitive. You know, he broke. I, I remember he broke the, a thumb on his pitching hand. He got hit with a run. Then he had hepatitis one year, you know, and then but then, you know, he had the shoulder problems in 78 with the Yankees. And, and apparently part of that was he slipped on the mound and hurt his back and his neck to the point where he had to be in a neck brace for a while. Yeah. And and I don't know if the shoulder had something to do with that or whether that was a separate injury that he had with the Yankees. Um, by that point, I had kind of lost track of him. I was in the Navy, and he was in the Yankees, and I hated the Yankees. So, but but um, you love the Yan- you love the Yankees now, so it's okay. You forgive Don Gullett. I forgive Don Gullett. I still don't like the Yan- <laughs> I don't like New York teams. Well, I don't know. Any any of the thoughts? Just we wanted to we wanted to pay a little bit of a tribute to uh, really one of the the big 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 time talents in the history of this franchise, and uh, and a Reds Hall of Famer and a guy that I think deserved uh, just a couple minutes of uh, of a uh, of, of memories. He's an, he's another big what if guy like like Eric Davis and you know and other names in Cincinnati, Greg Cook and some other guys you know like that. But just they could have been so much more than they were able to be if this if the situation would have would have turned out differently for them. 
and yet you compared him to Joe Burrow. Don't put that on Joe Burrow, Ricky Bobby. Well, that's a good point. That's a good Don't point. Don't you put that on him. Oh, no. That'd be like that'd be like you talking about um... – Stop it. Stop. <laughs> All Stop right. It. We'll, we'll, let, we'll, we'll just move on. We're just going to move on to the next point on our agenda here. There we go. Other big news of the week. Uh, perhaps the biggest news of the week for for some Reds fans. Reds, the Cincinnati Reds uh, avoided arbitration with uh, Jonathan. It's harder to say second baseman Jonathan India. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Um, but they uh, they avoided arbitration, agreed on a two year deal, um, two years, three point eight million this year, five million in 2025, and uh, and with some performance bonuses in his uh, in the second year that could earn an additional couple million of dollars. So. Uh, what when you when you saw this? There's a lot to unpack here, really, with Jonathan India. What um, what did you? What were your immediate thoughts? I was glad they didn't go to arbitration because I don't think it ever helps your 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 relationship with your player if you have to go to arbitration. Even everybody can say you know it's just the business side of the baba, but when you yeah, go into like, a, I don't care who you are, if you go into a room and you're talking bad about the guy sitting across from you, and then when you walk out, you got to work together. There's going to be some bad feeling. Yeah, no question. Uh, um, the, almost immediately after this came out, the the Enquirer was running stories where they're you know they're saying Crawl was telling India, we really don't want to trade you. We never wanted to trade you. That was all the media, blah blah blah. And that may be true, but if it is, I, I tend to believe that the Reds are overvaluing Jonathan India. Now, I think it's good that they have you know they have a, a, some some financial stability, some. You know, they know what they're going to be paying him the next couple of years. Uh, do I think they're overpaying him? Yeah, I think they're overpaying him. Um, if he comes out and, and, and is terrible this year, they're still stuck paying him $5 million next year. Uh, unless they pay him, you know, no matter what. So, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but does that make him – and I've heard other people say this, and I hadn't thought of it, but does it make him easier to trade? That was my thought. Yeah. My first thought was, oh, wow. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, two years. What is that? Avoid the arbitration next year as well. But, you know, if you're looking to trade for Jonathan India at the trade deadline this year and you only get two months of Jonathan India versus a year and two months of Jonathan India, uh, or even before the regular season starts, two full years, I, you know, at a reasonable price, it, you, you can look at it your way and say, oh, they're probably overpaying. And maybe I, you can argue that. You can also squint the other way and say, especially if he gets off to a hot start this year and all of a sudden looks like uh, not necessarily a bargain, but that's really not a lot of money no, frankly, it's it's in this not. day and age. So um, so I think you get him at a, at a reasonable rate and and maybe that makes it a little easier uh, to, uh, to cut a deal. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the infield later, but um, my opinion is if the Reds are going to trade him, and I'm not saying they have to trade him. I like having depth. I like having as many good players as possible. And Jonathan India is your fifth best infielder or whatever. That ain't bad. You know, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's approximately worse. average. You know, he's basically yeah. an average hitter and, and a little bit below, you know, average defensively. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a big guy that's going to help him a whole lot in the outfield, but I think he's going to get at bats out there. Well, I just think it, that it might behoove the Reds to trade him sooner rather than later. Um, because what if he, he doesn't get to play a lot early on or he starts slow? It's his given that two of his three seasons have been uh subpar, um, then you start to really wonder whether his value is cratered. And, and at that point, well, at that point, maybe your your best option just to keep him because at that price, maybe uh, you're not going to be able to deal him. So, but Jonathan, it, it surprised me a little. Well, this, this is a new thing for the Reds. Generally, you know, if they got to the point where they exchanged numbers, it went it went to arbitration, from my memory anyway. Uh, so the yeah. fact that they're, you know, able to, to, to do a deal late and avoid it, maybe that's a change in the in the view of, of, of the front office. I don't know. Well, the time will tell. Hard to say. Hard to say. All right. So, Bill, it's that time of year. The one episode of this show every year when we get to officially announce pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. I'll, I'll circle back to where I, I let off this, this show. How, as a Reds fan, 
how does your excitement or anticipation for this season compare to previous seasons? Oh, it's higher than it's been in quite a while. Um, and the other thing I think is pretty cool is they said almost everybody is there already. And I think that's, that, that bodes well. I mean, if everybody's excited about getting started and, and you know, and, and we, we, Nate and I talked a little bit about this last week. I love that these, that Pakoda and these other you know, systems are picking the Reds to win, you know, 70 some games, 73 games, 75 games. I love that. Cause if, if I'm a player, that pisses me off. I got that big chip on my shoulder coming into the season. I'm going to be playing hard. I was, I'm going to take your prediction and show you where you can put it. Uh, and, and I think that shows with, you know, with all these guys that are already in camp, you know, they're not showing up, you know, when, you know, Saturday when they're, they're expected or whenever they're ready to go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Pakota. That's the, uh, the baseball's prospectus uh, Pakota system. It's their, it's their prognostication system, their projections. And it said the Reds were going to win 78. We'll go ahead and talk about something I had, we had uh, later on that we're going to discuss. Let's go ahead and talk about it now. Um, Frankie Montas. Now, if you haven't heard of Frankie Montas, he plays for the Reds now. He's a pitcher, right-handed pitcher. And, uh, and so he was asked about, uh, yeah, what do you think about uh, the, the computers saying we're going to win 78? He goes, come on, that's low. Give us some credit. Jeez, I'm going to win 20 myself. There you <laughs> so, go. I love it. I do too. <laughs> I love well, it. And, and they were off 23 games on the Reds last year. So if they're off 23 games on this year, this year we're up around 90 wins. There you go, right? Well, and that's, but that's actually the point here, which is that I know that especially this time of year, we're always too optimistic about the Reds, or we're squinting to try to find the, uh, you know, the the silver lining. But and you want to argue against these computer projections, um, the, but I think with this year's team, there's you can point to a, a singular reason why maybe they don't quite. Um, capture what the reds have the reds have so many young kids how do you make sense right. of uh, of that and how do you uh, and these projection systems historically have had difficulty they like they like as much data as possible so, so guys later on in their career they have a little more data to toss into the uh yeah. into the spreadsheet so yeah, nate made nate made that point last week that they these systems are based off of past performance and there's just not enough past performance to to, to judge that and if you can't be excited about this team and, and and if you can't see the upside of this team, I think you, you, you know, you're not looking. I, yeah. You know, yeah. There's set 78 wins. I think is the floor. The floor. Yeah. You know, I think that that's, uh, I don't know, you know, the Reds will always break your heart. That's what we've seen over the last, you know, 30 years. You're going to see, see, but, you're but for, <laughs> forget the last three decades. This is going to be the year where they're going to good, good vibes only, man. Good vibes only. If we can't have good vibes only this year, I, I, I agree with you. Then, then yep. what are we even doing here? So, um, my expectation, frankly, is we're talking 85, 86 wins. That's probably my prediction. And we, we'll have a project, prediction show later uh, this spring. But, um, but 85, 86 wins gets you in the playoff race and potentially we'll in the be right there at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll take that. And, and if everything goes right, and don't we deserve a season where everything goes right? If everything happened, goes right. It hasn't happened since 1990. That's a fact. Um, Although you could say last year a lot of things went right. Well, you know, and, and last year we were, you know, we said, you know, if we were still playing meaningful baseball at the end of September, that's a good year. And that's what we got. They were, I mean, we played meaningful baseball till the end. And, you know, with a team that, that a lot of people expected, and I did, I expected them to lose 100 games last year or close. Oh, yeah. You can't, I mean, and, and if, you, that, if that team didn't get you excited, you didn't like you don't like baseball. Yeah. Well, you know, last year's team, if and this is a big if, and we don't know that it's going to happen this year. Everybody's uh, rosy projections center around, oh well, if the pitchers are healthy this year, and we don't know if they're going to be healthy. They're not usually, but last year it cratered at the end. The pitching did because of the injuries. But if there's just reasonable health, there's more depth this year among the starters, and so if you just have reasonable a reasonable number of injuries, all of a sudden, yeah, it does look a lot better. You know, and, and you don't have to be much better than what they were last year. This is what I'm going to keep harping on 
probably the first three months of the season, they don't have to be that much better than they were last year. Right. And there are real reasons to believe that they could be better. The, the depth in the pitching, I still have concerns. I think they should have got another starter. I think they should have got another reliever or two. I think they should have got an outfielder. But if the if the pitcher's reasonably healthy, if the kids take a reasonable step forward, I'm not asking for Elie De La Cruz to become Juan Soto or whoever. Um, if just, enough of the young, I mean, some of the young guys are going to regress a little bit. It happens. I, it, it, it ha- yeah, but if the but if the majority of them can take a take take a step forward, it doesn't have to be a leap forward. If they can take a right. step forward and, and be more consistent, play a little better, and, and like you said about the pitching, even if we have injuries. Or I think the overall depth on the of, of possible starters and guys that even pitched last year that they're going to start in the minor leagues that got experience last year and that's going to help them. So that gives us depth too. You know yeah. the Connor Phillips, the the Trevor, the, the Williamsons. They, they, you know these guys are, are going to be in a position where they're going to be more equipped to help this team this year than they were last year. Uh, speaking of injuries, I guess we should go ahead and mention a couple early on that are worth. Uh, discussing uh, Alex Young, lefty uh, reliever who had uh, a pretty good season last year. Um, already been scratched from his spring th- throwing schedule. Back tightness. I hate that. I hate it. I hate now, the, back problems. Back problems just uh, ugh, the worst. Yeah. Well, the, the, fortunately, the Reds have Brent Suter as a lefty out of the bullpen because last year Young was, was it for most of the season. Uh, I think my hope is that Brandon Williamson is in the bullpen. As well, and then of course, you think they'll have three. You think they'll have three guys in the bullpen? Well, I don't know. Sam Mole, Sam Mole's back. Yeah, Mole. yeah that's what so, I mean. He'd be the third with Williamson. Yeah, so, I think I think Williamson's going to be in Louisville. Start. Well, that's a good. It's a good question, and that's going to depend on health. You oh, know, absolutely. If, but if he, picture, like I said, he's a, he's another guy that if we have problems in the rotation, if he's down there still stretched out in Louisville, he pitched better than I think any of us expected last year. Oh, goodness. I will admit it. I was first in line to say that uh, I was worried given his uh, mm-hmm. early early season starts in AAA and his early start season starts in Cincinnati. Yeah, but he, he came better every outing. Yeah. But he's the seventh or eighth starter, maybe. Sixth or seventh, yeah. probably, I guess. This or year. last so, year, he was getting the ball every fourth day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every fifth day, you know. So. I think you may be right. Again, it depends on who's we'll available. See. But uh, but if he's you know, if he's down to start in Louisville every five days, and then as soon because pitchers are gonna get hurt, as soon as we the Reds need him, have him up. I you know, that's 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 not that's not bad. Um, other injury news to note. Well, one injury on the on the exciting side. Nick Lodolo is healthy. And you know he's barely been healthy in his big league career. And he's on a normal throwing schedule, I believe, right now. He is, and so you know, I don't want to. I shouldn't have mentioned anything because I know I get accused of injury. You're the, you're the bad luck. You're the bad juju, dude. Yeah. Um, the other injury news, I guess, is Jonathan India. Jonathan India is still dealing with some plantar fasciitis. Now that hurts. Yes, it does, and, and it's a concern to me that this is something that's that you know put him on the DL for a while last year, and. and he was he was even struggling through it. It sounds like at the end of last year, and he's still struggling with it in spring training. I, it sounds like a chronic foot problem to me. You know, if it's been hanging on for that long, and I, I don't know what they whether surgery can fix that, and if it could, why they didn't do it over the winter, uh, or whether this is something that's just uh, you know chronic. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, have you seen any quotes from India this year? Uh, the quote because if you remember the quotes from last spring where he. Well, very, very loudly said, I'm taking this team on my back. You know, I'm the, I'm the leader of this team. And he got mocked for that in some quarters. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I like, and and I, and frankly, I think that attitude of we're better than everybody thinks and follow my lead was, I do think it was played a role in the Reds uh, having a a better season than everyone expected. But have you seen any quotes from him? Yeah. I haven't seen any quotes yet. He's been notoriously quiet. I mean, they've only been in camp for two days. So, yeah, but he doesn't need more than a couple of hours to start talking in the past. So interesting. Um, so what else? What else have we seen? I guess the one thing uh, that I think is pretty interesting is the uh, the Reds' plan. Supposedly, according to manager David Bell, you're a big David Bell fan, aren't you? Uh. <laughs> I, I, and I and we were talking about this last week again last week uh, and, and I, I quoted you, 
you know, that I think they're, you know, five great managers and five terrible managers and, and the rest are in the middle and he's in the middle somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah I don't know well, whether he's at the top of the middle or the bottom of the middle. I, there are times he drives me crazy and times I go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the definition of average, I think. So uh, he essentially announced that the regulars at shortstop and second base this year are going to be exactly, this is why I think David Bell's a genius because he said exactly what I wanted him to say. <laughs> next next week when he says something I don't want him to say, I'll change my mind, but Ellie De La Cruz at shortstop, Matt McClain at second base. Um, and he said that just about simultaneously with Jonathan India signing the, that two-year deal. I don't know. Uh, it's it's the right move. It's clearly the right move. I don't think, unless, unless you're Jonathan India's mom, um, or, I, I don't, or, or, who? or one of these reporters that's been saying that Ellie could start the season in AAA. Well, I'm going to choose to remain silent about um, <laughs> some some writers uh, who say some silly, silly things. But uh, but you uh, but uh, back to the point. I presume. I mean, I like arguing with you, but I think this might be a point where we're on the same page. Uh, that's the right call, clearly. I think it absolutely is right now. I, you know, I. I don't know. I don't know if Ellie De La Cruz is a is a career shortstop. I could see him ending up in the outfield. I could see him as a center fielder down the road. Uh, maybe he ends up being a great defensive shortstop. But you know, they they've got a guy that's probably going to start the year where Chattanooga, that they say is maybe the best defensive shortstop in the system. And they think he can, he's going to be a hitter too. So he's going to be here before long. And, you know, we're going to have to either make a trade or, or, or find a way to play all these good players. So. That's right. That's right. So the other interesting news out of, from David Bell was that he said essentially everywhere else on the infield up for uh, what was, what was words, everything else we've got to let it play out. And so it'll be interesting to see, how it does, if everyone is healthy, how does the rest of it play out? You know, is, uh, is Encarnacion Strange your first baseman? Is Noevi Marte your third baseman? Is Noevi Marte your right fielder? Where's Spencer Steers? Is he your third baseman? Is he your left fielder? Um, where's Jonathan India shake out in all this? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see where those uh, chips fall. And uh, I'm, frankly, I could, I could argue six different ways about the way I think it should go. Um, any thoughts? Two things. Once you uh, and this just occurred to me when you when you asked me if I'd read where India said anything. He when he when they were talking to him about his contract and 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 you know him saying that he's willing to play wherever they want him to play. He said he just wants to play every day. Well, he's not going to play every day. Um, he may play three days a week, four days, maybe. Hell, I don't know. The other thing I thought was interesting, and the Enquirer ran some some video of this of of, of CES working out at third base yesterday under the tutelage of number 11, Barry Larkin. Now, if you're going to get coached at, down on the left side of the infield, that's a pretty good guy to have and working with you. So, you know, it, 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 and I, I don't know if it means anything. He was going to, I mean, he's going to play some third base. Uh, how much, who knows, but I like to see him working on his defense. Yeah. Well, the, and the guy I didn't mention a moment ago for some reason, uh, Jamer Candelario, mm-hmm. you know, First base, third base, could be in there somewhere. Um, I think you're going to have um, a bunch of guys that can rotate. And, you know, if you have like 11 guys, you can get them all plate appearances. Mm-hmm. You can rotate enough to get them all. But you're going to have to have some guys in the lineup pretty much every day. I think uh, De La Cruz and McLean are that way. And to echo something you just said a moment ago, um, I don't know. I think it's absolutely the right decision to have L.A. De La Cruz starting a shortstop every game this season. Um, do but is he going to be your shortstop next year, the year after, the year after? I don't know that, but that's why this year. Let's find out. Let's yeah, find I, out I if think, he's going to be that guy. You know, he's going to be the shortstop four or five days a week. You know, and McLean will probably get a, you know a start there and maybe two. I don't know. You know, and and, and they may DH depending on how he's playing. De La Cruz may DH. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, Who knows? The, the four guys that I think will get the majority of the playing time in the infield, I think, are Condelaria, Ellie, McLean, and I would I would guess Marte right now. And I think CES is a guy that's, that may get the short end of the stick here a little bit. 
Even, oh, and I really like him. I really think he can rip. Well, he may be the DH. I mean, he may just be your primary DH. He could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got to think Steers probably left field. It's just it's so crowded so. in the infield. They still need Spe- a right-handed hitting outfield. And I, I still don't understand why they. Well, I know why they didn't. I'm not going to say it though, because it's good vibes only here. Well, I said, and I texted you this the other day. I, I still think they ought to go after Duvall. I, I would think his price is dropping. Robert and, Duvall? Yeah, Robert Duvall. Classic, classically trained actor, Robert yes. Duvall. The, the greatest living American actor, in my I opinion. I agree. Resident, uh, of, resident of Charlottesville, Virginia. I didn't know that. Yes, that's true. So, uh, Adam Duvall, I think, actually, is yeah. who you're talking about. Yes. Bring him back. I, I think he could. I think he could really help this team. I really do. I can't believe I'm saying it, but uh, because when Duvall was here, he was so limited. Uh, he 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 mashed against uh, you know um, against lefties certainly, but uh, he had lots of home runs. His other, otherwise he was not great, other than hitting the ball really hard, and occasionally uh, getting over the fence. And he played pretty good defense in left field, and. Um, Frankly, I haven't watched him enough in the last couple of years to know whether he can uh, still play defense. But I will say that he has sort of uh, maximized his value as a major league player. And he's still a legitimate big league hitter at this point. And I agree. I mean, especially if you're talking about a guy that's they're going to rotate in and out, platoon in the outfield. I think he makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I would love to see uh, the return, the triumphant return. The triumphant of Adam, return. Of Adam Dunn. Uh, I mean, Duvall. Sorry. <laughs> well, him too. Him too. Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. All right. So, uh, Bill, before we get into viewer mail here in a moment, a couple other things we want to mention quickly. 25 years ago today. Tell me what happened 25 years ago today. Well, Greg Vaughn came to town and had a talk with Marge and said, if you want me, I'm keeping the facial hair. And the Reds' ban on facial hair went away 25 years ago today. The kids won't remember this. But no, they won't. Ever. The Reds banned facial hair. Um, I mean, And long up. hair. And long hair. That's right. Uh, Jake Fraley never could have played for this team. Jonathan India never could have played for this team. Uh, but yeah, Greg Vaughn. And you know what? I'm glad they changed the, the rule, made a special exception for Greg Vaughn, because in 1999, Greg Vaughn took Nash. his team on his back and uh, – and almost got him to the playoffs. So. Well, you, you you even talked about the the no facial hair and no uh, long hair in your column this week. Did I? Just you mentioned it. You know the the the, the contrast versus the A's and the. You didn't mention my favorite all time red in your column that day. I did. I did or didn't? You did not. Bobby Tolan. Yeah, my favorite. He's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little sarcasm there, Bill. I don't, I don't I'm holding up my sarcasm, my invisible yeah. sarcasm sign. Um, thanks for the the uh, free publicity, by the way. ChadDawson.com. Good good column this week. I really enjoyed it. Well, I appreciate that. It was about uh, the most underrated Reds team of all time, maybe the best Reds team not to win at all, the 1972 Reds. Okay. So, that was a vastly yeah. underrated World Series. Vastly. Oh, incredible. Really, really. Johnny Bench probably doesn't like the memory of it because fi- of uh, Raleigh Fingers making him look like an idiot. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, that was in your column. Six of the seven games were one run games. And the only one that wasn't one run game was one game that later Joe Morgan said, that's the only day we were the big red machine. Right. Right. I think yeah. they won eight to one or something in game six. I think it was. Uh, yeah. Well, back to, back to the facial hair was the hairs oh. versus the squares. Cause the A's for those of you that are young, don't, you know, they were mustaches and long then hair. They paid them. Finley paid them to grow mustaches and yeah. And, yeah. and then it became a thing. And the Reds were notoriously, you know, all you know, black cleats and you know, short hair, short hair, and it was a it was a different time. Um, but I, but you know, the, this uh, ChadDotson.com this newsletter is it is free. And something else you would have seen this week is a little bit of a discussion about Joseph Daniel Votto. Now this is a guy that used to play for the Reds as recently as uh, 2023. Uh, Bill, did you see his post on uh, on the Instagrams this week? I, I saw it. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, I didn't see it on Instagram, but I did see it on Right. Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Somebody posted it. But it was a picture of Joey Votto uh, in a batting cage. Uh, long black beard. His beard has gotten, has grown out. Um, and he, at the, at the, the caption 
on the picture is a uh, a poem from Dylan Thomas that um, many of you have read, even if you don't didn't know it was a Dylan Thomas poem. But do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And I'll tell you, I don't think I've been sadder in a long time than it, just the sound of, and I don't know, maybe just meant that, look, I'm go, I'm playing as hard as I can to finish out as hard as I can, but it sounded like it's a guy that's, it, the end is, is nigh, and uh, he's not, pitchers and catchers are reported, he has not signed a contract with anyone. He's kind of resigned to his fate. He does, and it just, it, it makes me sad. Why don't the Reds just sign him? Where would he, where would he play? Theor- I mean, seriously, even if they got him cheap and, and, they, and they had a roster spot for him, and I'm not convinced that they do. I mean, That's- he can only play first base in DH. Um, it's a good question. Okay, I'll yeah. say that. It's a good question. I put more stock into some more the, the more sentimental aspects I know you uh, do. Of, of the game. And just for him to come back, one-year deal, and this is the Joey Votto retirement tour. And, it, I mean, if he if someone else is going to give him a contract to play consistently, he, he, he should take it. If that's not going to happen, though, let him be the 25th guy on the roster. Let him DH, you know, a couple days a week. Do first you, base again. And you don't see any possibility of the of that being a conflict with trying to make the playoffs, or or or, no. detra- or detracting from the emphasis on winning every day. No, okay, I don't because okay. I have uh, I have faith in Joey Votto and Joey Votto last year, despite the injuries, was a league average hitter. And with with pop, fourteen homers in sixty five games. Um. So no, I, I, if 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 you were going to let him DH against mostly right-handed pitchers, oh, well, only right-handed pitchers, not every right-handed pitcher, but if you let him DH against only right-handed pitchers, uh, he'll be an above-average hitter. Maybe you're just playing him three or four days a week, but I truly believe that. But it's got to be Joey Votto raging against the dying light and and um, agreeing that it's time for him to take a step back. And uh, I don't know that he wants to do that. And I, I wish, I wish it were the Reds. I wish someone would give him a chance to be the full-time DH somewhere uh, on a, on a good team. I, I thought that might happen. How, how, how would that, how would that affect your, I mean, I know you, you want to see him go out under his own terms. That's what it sounds like you're saying to me. How would that versus how much it would hurt to see him playing in another uniform? It would hurt, but that's for me. That's yeah. selfishly. I know. think that's well. I think that's okay. most most people that are Cincinnati Reds Joey Votto fans. It would hurt to it hurt to see Pete Rose in another uniform. I hope that you know it, 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 that's the one that that, that that rung the most with me because Pete played here, you know, his whole beginning of his career. Uh, but even you know, guys went when Perez went somewhere, it was just weird. And Morgan went somewhere else. It was weird seeing him in another uniform, especially then yeah. because it was so new. You know? Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I just I refuse to believe that Joey Votto, if you couldn't play him four days a week at DH first base against only right-handed pitchers, and he wouldn't be a productive hitter. I just I, I don't buy it. I still believe that he, there's there been a time when he wasn't a productive hitter. And um, do you think I, he would be more productive than one of the young guys that he'd be taking bats away from? I don't care. <laughs> well, see there. There you go, though. If if you think he, I mean, so you're not you're not well, dismissing the fact that he might be. I, well, he might be, he might not be, but I know Joey Votto's done it before. Yeah, I, Christian Encarnacion Strand. I mean, I think he's going to do it, and if so, he can do it next year. That's the way I look at it. Well, Let's give Joey Votto playoffs this year. But I don't, I, I I don't buy the premise that Joey Votto is is by definition, going to make them worse. But you're always saying, you always are saying we need to put our best 26 guys out there. I think he'd be the best 26 if you use him correctly. He's Joey Votto. What you're saying is not unreasonable. I'm just, (laughs) you know know what's happening here? I'm uh, I'm not going gentle into that good night. I'm (laughs) raging against the dying of the light, (laughs) like Joey Votto suggested. So I don't know. I I, I don't want to see... 
what what I would hate is is a Willie Mays thing. Where Willie Mays goes to the Mets and just frankly like embarrassed there. himself. He just yeah, yeah it, you know, tripping on it in the outfield and it just it really didn't, didn't end well. Yeah. Just to see him in another uniform and, and going like that, I would love to see him get in a, a place where he can really get the opportunity to mash. Whether that's just four or five days a week against right-handed pitchers. Um, cause I do truly 100% believe that, that if you p- hit him just against right-handed pitchers, that he can be a, a, an above average hitter in the big leagues. Can he play first base? I don't know that at this point. I, I, I don't ever doubt Joey Votto, but I'd hate for it to be this, this a situation where he just, it, 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 it ends because no one wants him. Yeah. And, and that's what, that, and that's what it looks like right now. And you know maybe if that happens, the you know if it gets to that point, I would hope the Reds would be. Um, and I don't have any belief that the Reds would be classy like this, but it'd be a perfect situation to sign the guy to a one day contract. Absolutely, have if a ceremony. They if they don't, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Retire his number. Um, not yeah. right away. Well, maybe not right away, but eventually. Eventually, I think nineteen needs to be retired. I think he's a. I think he's a, a, a number retire guy. And then his full year, full career with the Reds, and hopefully in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, Joey, do not- and in and in four years or whatever the, the whatever the number is, an absolute unanimous first ballot Reds Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, yeah, without question, without question, he better be. Yeah, um, but I, I hope Reggie Sanders gets in before him. So, uh, you want to answer some viewer mail questions, Bill? Okay, let's answer some viewer mail questions. These questions, as always, are actual letters from actual viewers. If they weren't, could I do this? But you actually got a letter. I got a letter this week. Bill, we we, we got a letter this week. Man, we've got mail. These letters come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront sensi. Patreon.com slash riverfront sensi, where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast. Our first letter this week comes from Thomas Dennis. Thomas, Thomas, thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, you see that Thomas sent us an actual letter. An actual letter. It's on the screen. Dear Chad and the Podfather, Pearl Jam released its Dark Matter tour dates. Some were uh, shocked to see that next to places like London, Lisbon, that's Portugal, Bill, and New York. Thank you. Was, was Missoula, Montana. Of course, uh, uh, Tom is from Montana. Um, so first thoughts on Pearl Jam. That's the first question. Bill, do you have any thoughts on Pearl Jam? How do you make jam out of pearls? I, I does it taste funny? I'm not even going to respond to that. <laughs> my, my thoughts on Pearl Jam are in, um, uh, I think 1997 or 1998, I was driving my, uh, Burgundy Chevy Cavalier around, mm. uh, Washington, D.C., and it was, it was the time when uh, stereos in cars, you know, the kids listening won't know what we're talking about, but this is showing my age a little bit. But you had a, like a front plate on your stereo in your car. And then when you left your car, you, you pulled that front plate off and took it with you. That way nobody would steal your steal your radio. Mm-hmm. Sounds ridiculous now. Um, but no, you just uh, the car. Well. Uh, <laughs> in D.C. Carjacking has gone through the roof in D.C. That's true. Um so uh, I, I had to run to, to a friend's place in the Georgetown neighborhood. And we was, I was going to be in there for a few minutes. So I didn't take it out. And so I got back out. My window had been smashed. My stereo had been uh, pulled out of my Chevy Cavalier. You know, this was like a Christmas gift, the stereo. I was so happy with it. But even worse, inside it was my Pearl Jam CD from the, the 10 album. And um, I still shed a tear about once a month. For my Pearl okay. Jam CD. All right. Uh, so the next question from our friend Thomas Dennis: Who will shock Reds fans in 2024? Who will shock Reds fans? Bill, I don't know if you have an answer. Here's what I'm going to say, and this is um, maybe this is not quite what uh, the question means, but I'm seeing, and we're going to have a question here later about Hunter. I think it's going to be Hunter Green. I think this is the year that Hunter Green becomes an ace. And he's clearly going to remain healthy because there's no bad uh, bad vibes being sent his way by anyone. That's <laughs> what I think will shock Reds fans the most. Do you have a single player that uh, that will shock the Reds fans? 
I think Montas may be a surprise. I, I, if he's healthy, I, he's got all the tools. And he's going to win he, 20. He said so. He, he said so. Yeah, if Montas could be healthy and productive and Nick Martinez could be a, a starter, could pitch well to be a starter, that changes a lot of things about the, what I think about this team. So, yeah, if Montas uh, surprises, sign me up. You think you think Martinez is going to be in the rotation? No, I don't. But if if they're going to they're going to give him a shot to be there, and if he pitches well enough to be there, um, as opposed to him being there because of fifteen injuries, that's a different story. But I'm just saying, if that were to happen, if he's your number five starter, all of a sudden things look a little interesting. Although I think I might rather have him in the bullpen either way. Um, Thomas, thanks for the uh, thanks for the actual letter. Sincerely, sincerely, yes, Tom from Montana. That's right. An actual letter sent to the home office in um, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Next question comes from Joey Gaditza. Joey from the uh, the land up north. Hello, Chad and Bill. Who do you think gets the ball on opening day? Hunter, I assume. Well, that's got. Uh, they haven't announced it, but I, I don't see how it's not Hunter. He was the opening day pitcher last year. Assuming he's any- healthy. Assuming he's healthy, it's a no brainer. If he's healthy, is there any chance anyone else gets the ball on opening day? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, Hunter Green. Next, from Skyler Webker. Skyler's question is this. What does Ellie De La Cruz have to do to get a Bobby Witt Jr.-like extension from the Reds? For context, Witt got the extension after his sophomore year. Bobby Witt Jr., the uh, shortstop for the uh, Kansas City Royals, 14-year kind of mega deal. 11 guaranteed seasons, 11 guaranteed season team option. That could be uh, three more years. It could be a 40 year deal. Um, so the first thing I would say is, well, the reds, um, and by the way, the terms weren't announced in the deal, but sources say 288 to 377 million, depending on it, 11 or 14 seasons. Um, so, and there are, there are some player opt-outs as well in there, but we don't need to get into Bobby Witt Jr.'s. Uh, originally, or, ordinarily, I would say, come on, the Reds just don't do stuff like that. Now, they did it with Joey Votto, uh, but Joey Votto was already an MVP when they did it. Um, and frankly, it worked out very well with Joey Votto. If the Reds were taking lessons, if you're looking at who gave uh, value for it, Joey Votto, frankly, was a little bit underpaid over the course of his, his contract, a little bit. Um, and I, so I already say the Reds aren't going to do that. The Reds are cheap, obviously, but who's the team that gave Witt the uh, contract? Kansas City Royals. Really interesting to me. Um, I think there's zero chance, and there's there's one reason I think there's zero chance, but I think if I were the Reds, I'd be going all out. I'd, if they could sign him to the exact same contract. Now, granted, Bobby Witt was, a, uh, again, a sophomore, as a scouter noted, and also had uh, more of a demonstrated performance, I guess, on the big league level. Well, he'd struggled a little early on in his career, but um, more, more so than what we've seen from Ellie. So, I would say the chances are zero, but I would, I would, if you could, if he would sign that deal tomorrow, I'd give it to him. I don't know what you think, Bill. I wouldn't go that, I wouldn't go that many years, and the Reds won't. Uh, if I could sign him to a, a, a year, a, you know, a contract the length of what they gave Green, you know, that I think that's a more reasonable thing. But, but, you know, to answer Skyler's point, I, 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 the first thing Ellie's got to do is be better. Uh, like you said, Witt, Witt's play, he played two years in the big leagues. Both years he's been above average. You know, Ellie was below average last year. Exciting, fun to watch, absolutely. But he's just got to be—he's got to be a better player. Uh, and Witt's a year older too. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Here's what I'm saying to that though: um, he's got to be better. If we wait for him to be better, then one year from now, the contract you can sign him to is uh, is it's a different. You can't sign him to the same thing you could sign him to today, presumably. Uh, we are completely discounting the fact that Ellie De La Cruz's agent is Scott Boris, and that plays a huge role in sure. this discussion. Uh, so, but just you know, apples to apples, um, I sign him now. I think that many teams are finding this is my value. This is where you get your value is by signing these kids to longer deals, the players want it because they get some some guarantees. If Elliot Cruz gets hurt, he still gets paid. Um, but if he becomes what everyone believes he can become, and it depends on what the Reds think he can become, um, then he's underpaid. So I don't know. I think it's a – there's a little risk to it, but I think it's a risk worth taking. 
but we both agree that they aren't gonna they won't do it. No, they won't do it. I, I think I think if he has a, a, a let's say an ERA plus of hundred to hundred and ten this year. I mean not an ERA plus you know, you know what I mean, uh, OPS plus. I could see the Reds, you know, trying to sign him next year in the offseason to a five, six, seven-year deal. I'd go as long as he'd sign. Um, and if he has an ERA plus of one ten, <laughs> double it. Whatever you're going to offer it, double. All right, all right, all right. He's Shohei. All right, next uh, good question, Skyler. Next question yep. from Hooper Powell. Hooper, in your opinion, who are the top three non-roster invitees that you feel have a chance to come north with the team? Um, I'll, I'll begin here, Bill. I think there's one by far and away has the best chance to come north of the team. And that's Josh Harrison. Reds killer, uh, who is uh, an on-roster invitee. I just, uh, I think he's got, if I had to lay money on any non-roster invitee making it, it's clearly him to me. And I think, I I think he's going to make it anyway. I think he's going to be the 26th man on the roster. Um, He lives, he lives about five minutes over that way. That way, yeah. That way, towards he's, me. He's he's a, he's a neighbor of a of a friend of mine. Yeah. Well, I uh, you can, you can I throw know. a rock from her house to his house. Please do not do that. I won't do that. Um, I I agree with you. I, you Nate and I we, we talked about this quite a bit last week. Um, I don't know whether I hope he makes the team or not. I, I I would still I'd rather see him go out and get Duvall and and him push somebody else down into that twenty six spot. But it, it it sounds like it's going to come down to Harrison or Barrero, and for the twenty six spot, I think I'd rather have Barrero. He's more versatile and he's got a higher ceiling. Uh, but that's assuming that, that that's assuming he comes into spring training and shows something. Um, I don't I know. Could not, I could not I, come up with three guys that have a chance of making this team. Uh, the other guy that, that jumped out at me is Blake Dunn. Wait, power, power, speed, and he's a right-handed hitting outfielder. And he's a right-handed hitting outfielder. And he's not a kid. I mean, he's 24. Yeah. You know, but he, he hasn't played above double A, but he hasn't been healthy. So I, I think, you know, he's one, he could be a spring training surprise. He could be like CES yeah. last year. And he might not, you know, fight his way onto the, onto the team coming out of out of Arizona. But if he goes to Louisville and starts tearing it up, and they're still struggling for a right-handed hitting outfielder, they might have one in-house. Well, but at his age, you're right. He might he might be able to impress enough in spring training train to come, come east, east with the club. Uh, I, I do want to quibble with something you said there. I, I'm not sure I agree that Jose Barrero has a higher ceiling than Josh Hamilton. Theoretically. Josh Harrison. Um, certainly not higher ceiling than Josh Hamilton, or maybe higher ceiling <laughs> Josh Hamilton of, of twenty twenty four. Yeah, the other guy, maybe I would say, uh, I think might have a shot. Um, is uh, uh, Tony Santion? I thought uh, of him when I was looking at the non roster guys, but I, he just struggles so much. Well, and of course, so is Dunn, but it, I don't know. I, well, it's just you know, it's uh the Reds are going to need relievers. Him, I could see him being a useful arm in the excuse me in the bullpen. The Reds are going to need relievers. That's why yeah. I think he has he has a shot because he at least has a little bit of a pedigree, although it's been a while at this point. All right, next question comes from Rich Thompson. Hi, Rich. Rich Thompson. By the way, I got to say something about Rich Thompson. Do you mind if I say something about Rich Thompson? I think you should. Rich Thompson. Let me just say this. I'm not going to go in too deep into it, but. Uh, Rich did something very kind for me this week. And um, I just want to thank him publicly on the show. I won't get into it too much here, uh, but uh, Rich is a genuinely good guy. His questions are too long every week. (laughs) He has trouble keeping it short, but we put up with it because that dude is a genuinely good guy. So, Rich, thank you. Thank you for me here at uh, Red Lake Nation World. Oh, not Red Lake Nation. The Riverfront World Headquarters. Guys, this 2006 again or something, Bill? We branded, Chad. We've been re- we've rebranded. <laughs> they rebranded us out, I think. Um, Rich's question. Gentlemen, I've recently read that Ellie De La Cruz has worked hard this offseason in shortening his swing and his conditioning. I mentioned Juan Soto earlier uh, in the show. Uh, De La Cruz has been hitting with Juan Soto this offseason. 
Hopefully these efforts will translate into fewer strikeouts and enable him to have better endurance for a full season and potential postseason. I like the way you think. However, if he gets off to a slow start, and Bill, this is we're going exactly where we were alluding to earlier, and start striking out a lot, do you foresee the Reds letting him try to work things out at the MLB level, or will they send him back to AAA? My short answer is things would have to get really, 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 really bad for them to send him to AAA. I don't see it happening. He'd look what do you think? He'd have to be completely lost. Um, the other thing, and and no, and everybody talks about you know how he's his swing changes. I saw a clip of Chris Welsh the other yesterday or the day. I guess it was yesterday or the day before, and he was saying Ellie is also bulked up, so he's gotten bigger and stronger. And, and, and I also read where he said he's worked on his legs so he doesn't wear out, he doesn't run out of gas later in the season. Um, and, and I saw I, a picture. I saw a picture. He he. It looks substantially bigger. Yeah, and and uh, I've I've read where they 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 said that you know one of the things they think happened last year with with these guys is it hadn't been in the big leagues is they they were used to playing getting Mondays off every week in the minor leagues and you don't get a day off every week in the big leagues. So they you know they, they're 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 conditioning to get them over the you know over the hump through the course of the season. Uh, Ellie's bulked up, but to answer uh, Rich's question here. I think he'd have to be completely lost in, in spring training. I mean, just look horrific for them to end up in AAA. You know, we, you and I disagree with, you know, with some of the local writers who seem to think that there, there was, there is, or was a chance that he would start the year in Louisville. But I, I would be curious to see if they still say that after what Bell said this week with saying that he was going to be yeah. the, the regular shortstop. And I'm not going to call out any 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 writer that said he should. There's a chance he'll start AAA because there's zero chance he'll start AAA. But but to Rich's question, you know, if he got off to a really slow start, I don't know. I just we saw him last year and he slumped badly for a long time. But even then, it was not a situation where I was like this guy needs to go down. No, I mean we well, know what he can do. There's nothing to, for him to prove at AAA. He's got to learn to hit big league pitchers. Yeah, you don't Sorry. learn to hit big league pitching in Louisville. That's a fact. Um. Next question comes from Jordan Salisbury. Jordan Salisbury asks this, uh, hello, gentlemen, not baseball related at all, but have either of you seen Saltburn yet? That's a movie, Saltburn. If so, what are your thoughts? Bill, have you seen Saltburn? I think it's I think it's a series. It is not. It's a movie. Is it a movie? Okay. Yes. I have not. I, I've You're heard about it. I heard You're about it. Somebody told me about it. I have not watched it. I, yeah. I do have a question. Rich and Jordan have both called us gentlemen. Yeah, they don't. They don't know us. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't have to lie to be our friends. Um, uh, Saltburn is not a series. I think Bill. I think you were thinking of Falcon Crest. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, Saltburn's a movie. <laughs> Dallas. Um, no, it's a movie. And 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 here's the thing, Jordan. You just outed yourself as not being a regular reader of uh, of my newsletter because I did write about it a couple weeks ago. So yes, I did see it, and I uh, gave it four and a half out of five stars. It was mesmerizing. It was disgusting. It was hilarious. It was nauseating. It was every emotion just about you can think of. And I recommend it highly. It was complete insanity. And, and, complete I, and, insanity. and I will give an editorial now that Chad is always wrong on movies. So whatever he says, do the opposite. You're dead to me. You're dead to me, Bill. I've heard that so many times from you for the last thirty some years. That it just we should do here and out this one now. We should do a super cut of the number of times that I uh, said that to you on the show over the years. Um, no, I, I'll say this: uh, Saltburn. Um, to answer Jordan's question, it is. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for everyone. But I enjoyed it. So, did did, did you watch Ozark? No, that's the uh, Silver Jason, Spoons kid, Jason Bateman, and uh, yeah. Laura Linney. We I didn't see finished, it, but we just finished it the other day, and <sighs> don't really. I've heard I it was good. The, the 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 girl that plays Ruth is fabulous. Plays the little Ozark girl that, but. There's no point in it. It, it never, it, it, anyway. Well, I don't think you had to worry about me 
about me watching that. So, um, but that's a, that's a public service announcement. There you go. Next, next question comes from Cincinnati Reds fan podcast, who I know your name and I forgot it. I'm so sorry, but, uh, that's your name on our Patreon page. Um, good evening, fellas. Or he, he doesn't call us a gentleman, gentleman. He calls us fellas. That's, that's close. That's close. That's, that one's right. All right. Hunter green is on the hot seat. He says, Hmm. Uh, what do you guys think it takes for Green to take the next step? What if he doesn't? Do we consider him a bust if he continues to be the same guy in 2024? He's okay, but not great. I want to see great. Um, most of that question, I think, is a great question, and it's uh, a great point of discussion. I think I may quibble with the framing that he's on the hot seat. Yeah. I don't think he's on the hot seat. I mean, he's going to be 24 years old uh, this in year. August. In, yeah, in August, right. And he is um he's been got rough. World, world class stuff. And he's had injuries, sure, but he's been roughly a league average pitcher for his first two mm-hmm. two seasons. So um and and you see those days where he does things that no one else can do. So and he has days where not so great, but I don't know what you mean by hot seat, I guess is what I is the way I would start this conversation. Cause um I don't see that. Now uh, do we consider him a bust if he is the same guy? I, I don't, because he's still a fairly effective pitcher. But I can see how you'd make the argument that he's a bust, given all the expectations and the Sports Illustrated cover and all that. But I still don't think I'd call him a bust. Bill, thoughts? I, I've been disappointed in his in his first year to second year. I didn't see a whole lot of improvement, even though I looked today. Is is what do they call BABIP? last year was 339. That's pretty damn high. That is, yeah. Unlucky. So he, so he was pitching in some bad luck. Um, I, the, 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 the expectations for him this year, none of the people seem to think he's going to get a whole lot better, and I hope he is. But to, you know, to answer the question, I, I agree with you. He's not on the hot set. He's a 23-year-old kid. But for him to get better, I think he needs to be healthy. And just looking at the number, I think he needs to miss more bats. I think he gives up too many hits. Uh, yeah. And, and, and how he does that, I mean, that, you got to be smarter than me about pitching to know that. But, you know, you hear a lot of things about him needing to add a third pitch. I don't know. You know, Mario Soto won a lot of games only throwing two pitches. Um, but it was a different game then. It was, but the key – is what you said. The key is he, he has to stay on the mound because he's not going to learn how to make that adjustment and to take that next step if he's not on the mound. Right. He, he has to, if he has a, if he has a fully healthy season this year, I, I don't know if he's going to be an ace, but I expect you'll see him take a, a substantial step forward. And I think there's a chance he'll be all-star level if he does that, but it's a big if, and he's, he hasn't demonstrated it yet. So until he does. Right. And, and, and I think this is another one of those things we were talking about earlier with these projections. You know, they base the projections off the past, and, and so they're, they're basing, basically saying he's going to throw about as many innings this year as he did the last two years. If You know, if he does that, that's another year that he spends, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks on the, on the DL, and he's not going to take that step forward for whatever reason. So, But I hope, I hope he makes 30 starts and goes 16 and four and throws an ERA of about two and a half. Gets two wins in the World Series? Yeah. Be good. Be good. Pull Jose Rio. Oh, I love it. I'll take that. I'll sign me up right now. There you go. All right. Final question. That's a good question. Uh, final question from Seth Shaner. Seth, uh, hi, Chad. Ooh, only only a hi, Chad. I know. I got snubbed. <laughs> you got snubbed by Seth. Ouch. His question, is there one thing that has to happen for this Reds team to be playoff bound? Is there one thing that has to happen for this Reds there team is. to be playoff bound? There is. Well, let's hear what you think there is. What they need to win enough games to make the playoffs. <laughs> All right, Bill. I guess you know by definition that's the correct answer to this: win enough games. Um, and that's the correct answer, I guess. <laughs> what I was going to say was that if there's one thing that has to happen for this wrestling to be playoff, it's clearly uh, as you know, Seth Shaner has is a, uh, a host of one of the shows here on the Riverfront Network, the Red Leg Roundtable. Um, and uh, a good good episode upcoming with Adam Rosales, one of our favorites. It's yeah, Steve yeah. Fiziak on this week. Good, good conversation with Steve Fiziak. If you guys don't remember him, look him up. Um, 
the one thing that has happened is that on the Red Lake Roundtable show, uh, Seth, you have to get Adam Dunn. If that happens, the Reds will be playoff bound. That's my prediction. There you go. All right. Bill, you want to you wanna land this plane and, and, here? And will Dunn call in on the banana phone? Oh, I hope so. Marty? <laughs> Marty? Are you wearing a shirt, Marty? <laughs> See, and if you don't know what that is, you're missing out. Go search for Adam from Milwaukee. Good grief. Favorite player, Scott Hatterberg, who was on Red Legs Roundtable. Yes, he Seth was. Shainer. So, all right. So, um, anyway, Bill, I guess, you know, uh, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I do want to say again at the riverfront, we got a bunch of fun things happening at the Bengals show. We got the uh, late night reds. We got the, uh, the, uh, red legs round table riverfront. You so much fun stuff. This thing is growing like we didn't expect. Um, so thank you to, uh, to all of our hosts and for everyone that listens to all those, um, thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the riverfront. Tell your friends, subscribe wherever we are, whatever, go find us. You know, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, you know, Shut, just shut up. And then again, patreon.com slash riverfront sensei. Bill, um, any final thoughts for the for the crowd out there? In two weeks, I will probably two weeks from tonight, I will probably be sitting at a spring training game in West Palm Beach. The Reds don't play in Florida anymore, Bill. No, you're, I you're, know. You're mixed up. I, I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna keep searching though. I'm gonna go. Go to Palm, Palm. Uh, what was it? Uh, actually, uh, Plant City, Plant City. Actually, where we're staying, I can go 20 minutes north and go to spring training games, and 20 minutes south and go to spring training games. I can go day and you know the day and evening games. There's four teams in that within four, you know 20 nice. minutes either way. So, well, we send will, photos, Bill. We will probably be going to some spring training games in a couple of weeks. Excellent. Enjoy that, Bill. Always fun having you on, my friend. Appreciate it, my man. All right, thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, for Bill Lack, for Adam Dunn, shout out to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Conchicki, Eli Cash, and, uh, you know, for uh, for Calvin Pickering. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.